Hello and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I'm Juliette Ori, and alongside me is my co-host, Simon Walsh. Hi, Juliette. Good evening, Simon. Now, with us this evening is James. He's a content and communications consultant and the founder of Picaroons, a content creation agency. His experience as a digital insight expert and content strategist led him to working with the likes of Facebook, IBM, Philips, Samsung, Sayit, Booking.com, GSK, ESPN, Booper, and P&G. Jesus, is there any brands you haven't worked with there, sir? I'm drawing a breath. Right. James is also, blimey, really, a qualified business coach and published author. His books, 104 Social Media Content Ideas to Increase Sales, has helped over 3,000 businesses plan and implement their social media marketing. James, we've clearly got a lot to learn from you. As a sought-after speaker, James has educated over 2,000 SMEs, startups, and charities how to increase their sales, donations, and leads online through partnerships with organizations such as MediaTek and Heritage Digital. James continues to consult with numerous charities and community interest companies. We're in very good company indeed. I'm quite exhausted by that introduction, James. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me and thank you for that introduction. I was exhausted listening to it as well. Well, it it, it makes me continue to further my midlife crisis, but I I won't start there. James, we're here to discuss you, not my problems. So (laughs) what is keeping you busy at the moment? What is keeping me busy? Um, Business growth. Business growth. I had a bit of a wake-up call a few months ago. I learned a lot about cash flow and pipeline and how important that is. And it's really helped me refocus. I've had some conversations with quite a few people that are quite close to me. And I've had that thing where I've gone, I need to sit and have a proper chat with you and get some of your expertise. I've got a housemate who's got a few startup businesses. Uh, My dad's a business coach. And I've sat with them and said, right, I need some proper serious planning and help. And they give me some unbelievable advice, which helped me refocus the way we're selling in Picaroons. So now I'm having conversations with old contacts, with new contacts, but a new, slightly new positioning conversation, which has been very exciting, but it's taking all my time. And can you share what that new conversation is? Yeah, I can. I mean, it's it's based around the nature of the business that we created early on was really about working with really interesting companies, really interesting stories to tell and creating the most interesting content we could. And I was spending a lot of time with startups, with community interest companies, with charities. They don't have much money, do they? Here we go. So exactly. So you're, this is why you're a lot smarter than I am. So I spent a lot of time with those type of organizations, convincing them, don't spend 50 quid or 100 quid with Fiverr or with a cheap freelancer. Spend a bit more with us and we'll give you something top of the end, top yeah. of the range. And the nature of our business, because we work primarily with freelancers or partners, means that we're offering agency-level creative at sort of a freelancer-level price. So I was spending all my time focused on, as you said there, businesses with not as much money, but really interesting stories to tell. Uh, They've got the best stories. And we're making this amazing content. And my mindset was that if we keep making amazing content, we'll have amazing showreels, amazing things to show. And then eventually we'll work with other really interesting companies who have even more budget. But just part of my growing up and learning about with business is as the budget increases, it doesn't mean it can't be an interesting story or company, but the nature of the work is very different. 
So what we've started doing is looking more at supporting agencies with their overflow, where they have extra work, because not accidentally, but to do these interesting projects with the best creatives, we had to find a way to do things at not a, lo- not a lower cost, which a lower cost meant more efficient processes. And actually with these agencies and with so many people, it's just a case of we can go, look, just give us a brief and we'll get it done. So where, how did this all begin? What was your first job? My first job, uh, my first job was, well, I said dad's, so dad's uh, market stall, the carpet went quite well and it ended up being a carpet shop. So my first job was where, aged where, 11. Where was the market? Uh, the market, I don't know where he did the market. Um, so he was trying to make it as a professional footballer and he failed. Fucking so he tough. was doing car, yeah, he was doing carpets at the same time, I think from the age of 12 or 13. Fitting carpets or selling carpets? Selling and he had fitters. I don't know if he was ever a fitter. It's a good business. Yeah, so I used He'd to sometimes- He'd have knees if he was a good fitter. Yeah, yeah, so I used to help the fitters. I used to carry the carpets around at his shop at about 11 years old. I was an awful employee. I'd sometimes sleep underneath some of the carpets at the back. Never got caught, but he found that out recently. We went back to on the old lockup. I said, oh, that's where I used to sleep. And he said, used to what? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my first job. And then yeah, from the age of about 11 um, till 16, I was just doing all sorts of, he had a few friends that were builders. I'd do laboring with them. Um, I just do all sorts of kind of hard graph work, which is, yeah, I think it's the best work I ever did really, because it really taught me like that value of work, the value of having a good cup of tea and <laughs> appreciating the end of the day. And That's freaking amazing banter was, on those Oh, sites, it was amazing. It? it was the best. And when I first left school, uh, before I went traveling, I lived in Canada for about six months, work on the mountain. I did six months before that on a building site. And yeah, it was the best, hardest work I could have done. And yeah, most of my family are laborers or... I, they're the best people. They're the absolute. Yeah. My only upset is I could never work on a building site. I try. Nobody will take on a bird, right? Really? Bird, no, I think can't. now people are much I more worked in one of my first jobs was working in a suet factory and making suet because a, a lovely guy started a suet business, needed some help, started making suet. And I was reminiscing because I was too young and I didn't have a forklift. Um, license. You've got to have a forklift truck license. So when the deliveries come in and unload, you're the owner of the fact is supposed to unload, right? So the trucks just drive up and, and then I would open up the shutters and they'd be like, who the fuck is this? Right. And I'd come out and be like, oh, good afternoon. They're like, oh my God, alive. What is this bird doing here? And I'd then have to bribe the trucker to drive my forklift. Mate, could you do me a big favor? And I'd have to like offer all kinds of stuff. And I tried to say on the labouring side, no, won't, won't accept. Oh, you're doing great crack. I'm surprised. I'm so surprised you didn't get your forklift license, Julia. Have I'm you not really, got- I'm really depressed. I didn't get it's my <laughs> ne- real. You're never too it's I, never too late. I think I might, but at the time I was too young. Okay. But do so, you find that your attitude from there? So I'm not saying I didn't spot that in you. But the fact that like you're great crack around a great laugh, you made me feel comfortable coming in straight away. Don't you think back to some of the skills you learned working with, I've always noticed when you go into some big corporates and the other day, I remember where we were in a restaurant or wherever it was and there was, oh, that's the guy that owns this. I remember watching him and his friends speak to the waiters and they were so rude to them. Oh. And you can always spot, you just, you There's can always no spot someone. There's no need to be like that. There's no need, but you can always spot someone who's, worked hard or worked as a laborer or worked in a restaurant. But I don't think you should, I think it's just people. 
So you have nice people and you yeah. have shitty people. And there are people with arrogance and people with issues. My favorite is going into the massive city firms and I go and train them and I love or in the big buildings in the city and I wait till there's loads of people. Obviously, this was pre-COVID until the, the lifts are packed and I like to then jump in the lift. And then I go, hi, everybody, as the doors close and everyone looks at me absolutely like, oh my God, we've got in the lift with, with the craziest nutter. Help, help, help. And then my test is, who is going to say hello yeah, to yeah, me? Yeah. You know, is there going to be somebody? Like, why have we become so weird about not talking to each other or treating people like shit? There's no or reason. Or having energy or wanting to have a fun day. I think, yeah, I think you get on great with my dad. Oh, well, I need to meet him. So carpet shop. Carpet shop. Yeah. Then what happened? For him? Carried on the carpet shop. So he carried on the carpet shop. You guys aware of BNI, Business Network International? Yes, yep. yes. So he went to BNI. Yes. Um, and this is actually, this is quite a good story in a way because it's really a foundation of how I kind of moved into business more of. He, so he went to BNI. Um, to, it's a referral organization, mostly small businesses, traders, and you pass referrals every week. So if each person in his chapter, which is like a, a weekly meeting um, of local businesses was passing two referrals. He was passing 10 every week. He's good with the chat, isn't he, your dad? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's amazing at it. So he was going in, it was these, uh, he's got his carpet shop. So he's like, okay, you need going into someone's house. He's like, okay, well, if you've got a house, I know an electrician, I know a window. Everything gets done by BNI. And because he was so good at it, and he's always kind of taught me that saying of uh, cream always rises to the top. He got asked by BNI to go to a chapter down the road and tell them how he passed so many referrals. And turns out, because he had this style, he was quite good at just Chat. chatting and telling them and not going, here's how I made someone 10 million. Just, right, here's what I did. Here's how it worked. Go give it a go. I'm an ordinary bloke. You can do it too. That just got bigger and bigger and bigger to the point that he ended up getting rid of the carpet shop, working for BNI, and training people on how to do networking. Can he go into a room and network a room? Oh, he he um he was on the uh the Wolf of Wall Street. He was a support act on his tour. He presents in front of he's presented every country around the world pretty much, like thousands of people. Oh yeah, he's uh he's serious at it. And I'm very proud to say, and I've tried to take as so much inspiration from it, of he hasn't changed of the core of who he was. So he's not teaching you, here's how I go in and I close a 10 million deal. It's very simple. Things that he's, all right, I walk into someone's house and I see they've got some golf clubs. I play golf now and I'm going to start speaking to them about golf. It's very normal, natural networking. It's something that anyone can understand. And I know we spoke before about, I've got a podcast with him called Chats With Dad. When did you start that? We did that maybe two years ago, the first season. And we just finished a few months ago, the second season. You've got brothers and sisters? I've got a younger sister, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's She's you and dad having a good us. chat. It's me and dad having a chat. So it's things that, again, a lot of the ideas just come from real world scenarios and problems so I'd sit in the car when I was starting the business I'd be come back from the gym or something with dad and then be sat in the driveway for 40 minutes because I read a lot I study a lot I'm in a digital marketplace I've worked with big brands and dad doesn't read anything he's not very digital at all and he hasn't got really any experience with big brands but his advice I've no doubt still resonates because everything yes. everything he does everything doesn't matter I, what you do, like, I base everything that I've achieved is because I've taken his advice and applied it in a corporate world. So I was a junior person in these big agencies and I wasn't scared of speaking to the most senior people if I had an idea and just messaging them going, oh, I've got an idea, I'd love a chat to go through it. And that was normal to me because that's what he instilled in me is, why would you not? 
And I think there's so many lessons that he had. And what would happen is we'd have these conversations in the car where he was the one giving the advice, but he'd say something, oh, that's like this theory in this book. Well, that's like this digital tool. He's, oh, I've never heard of that. And as I was starting the business, and <laughs> funny enough, the more I get into the business, the more advice I seem to need. But he was giving me all this advice and we'd sit on the driveway 40 minutes and I can't remember what came up. But he said something. He went, you must have heard about a podcast somewhere. And he said, we should do a podcast. You want to? No, he said, I need to do a podcast. That was it. He said, I need to do a podcast. And he said, why don't you get involved in it? And then I just thought oh, it could be like those chats we have in the car. I said, oh, chats with dad. And I know all of his stories. I know all of his lessons. And he does his talks and they're great. But outside of his talks, people don't really get that chance to hear his advice. Whereas I get it, father-son conversation, but still business. He's still very tough on me. And that was the whole concept of it. Okay, we'll split. We've got goal setting, networking, very simple topics that how to work with your family, like things that he's experienced where I know the stories and some of them are hilarious. Some of them are quite sad. And I would almost ask him questions, roughly knowing what the answer might be. Or I would bring, have you heard of this book and this theory? Do you know the answer? What do you think of that? Will you work with him in Pickerings? Can he come and help? Oh yeah, he does. So we've got a nice little a nice little deal where, so Pickerings makes content for him. Um, and then we just run his social media. And then he is my business coach. So then he gives me an hour twice a, twice a month on Pickerings. Um, and then at the same time we do, so we do the podcast, which then gets funneled through Pickerings. And we're actually writing a book and a workshop together called Rapper. What's that going to be about? At least it's a punchier title than 101. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 104 is a contact list, increased sales. No, no, it's is just Rapper. Rapper, as in a rapper? Or- as in a rapper. So it's review, adapt, plan, prepare. Execute? I think it's execute, evaluate results. That's his version. I need to write. So he's he's got his first version written. And now off the back of that, because his is very, we've done one, not workshop, like a presentation day together, which was a few years ago before I even left my old job. Um, and it's a very nice mix because, and the same with the podcast, of we've got the same target audience of business owners or people who run their business, but whereas he'll come in and help them with how to understand the core of your business, what your life goals, what your business goals, what do you really want to achieve? Once he's done that, I can come in and say, right, now you know who you are. Let's talk about how you communicate that. So I'm then going to write my version of rapper, which is now you've heard that part, here's how to communicate it. I love it. But you guys must work well together because you've each got your own domains. You've we got do, and we skills. have some really good arguments because there's, and we speak about it in the podcast, so we have really good... Well, you're two lions in a jungle. We can really clash, yeah, and we can really clash in a good way because there's the love behind it. And I think with going back to my business and I don't know enough about you guys' business, but I'm sure I can tell from speaking to you now, it's a similar thing of, I'm going to shout, I'm going to F, I'm going to blind, I'm going to, no, you're stupid, that's wrong, but here's why. But at the end, we're going to hug and we're going to go to the, well, not go to the pub, but dad doesn't drink, but like we're going to- Doesn't he? He doesn't drink, but we're going to chill. Like It's that thing of, we're doing it for the outcome of our own success or our business. I'm not trying to be heard over you or be right or be wrong. We'll, both of us will get to a point where one of us will go, yeah, fine, I get it. I was wrong. But but there's, I mean, there's there's lessons on both sides in that. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, whether you have a disagreement with one of your work colleagues or a family member, you know, if, if you're the type of person that like to, likes to learn from adversity, then you'll always find a gem in there somewhere. 
So tell me, yeah. what is your biggest failure or fuck up thus far? My biggest failure and fuck up is how terrible I am with money. I did not understand. No, no, I didn't understand. I didn't give the importance to cash flow that I should have. You're talking from a business point from of view. From a business yeah. point of view, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking about my biggest fucking yeah. business? Yeah, yeah. From a business point of view. Oh, yeah. With, oh, we're outside of business, like I'm still not great at money, but the things I like to buy are more toys, more like fun things. So I'm fine with that. Might buy a lightsaber or a surfboard, something a bit unnecessary, right. but they're not too much. But for the business, the cash flow side of things, I hadn't factored in enough financial planning. I'd assumed because we were doing very well and we were getting a lot of projects in, that they bring more money at the end of the day. Yes, yeah, so we had lots of projects, and we, we had having some to pay out people, pay not, things. Not too much. No, no, we were we were doing really well, um, and then I had some consulting I was doing under the business as well, and I hadn't factored in the pipeline enough. So based on how we were currently doing, we had more money than we needed. We could pay everyone more than, and we were doing very well, and we weren't reinvesting. We didn't it in start loads. putting it. In a savings so for your rainy day when that project didn't happen. Well, I knew that was going to happen. And I was going to eventually do it was the mindset. So now we've got different bank accounts. We've got one where each month we have a split that goes, right, that's going to be the tax. That's for marketing. Whereas I just had this one big bank account. And you thought, oh, this got a great amount of money. Oh, it was going up and up and up. And however much I was spending, it wasn't going down. We were doing really, really well. And then the year end came. And, and I had hadn't factored tax, in the tax. I hadn't factored in, and it's amazing the way that things work. I'm not not kind of one of those like the universe, but there was something out there that decided, right, it's time for you to learn a lesson. And yet it was the, it was one client who'd been paying us ongoing. They just didn't need content support anymore. So that stopped. A few days later, I got the uh, message about the, yep, you've got your tax tax bill. bill, which is big. And I think this is where it was not stupid. Well, it was stupid. It's not, James, I really like your honesty because so few people, and I do not know anybody that has started a business that hasn't had cash flow problems. And cash is one of the biggest things and learning. And your dad will be amazing about it of like, you can, you know, we have to educate clients all the time. They're like, oh, things are going really well. You know, it's like, but your bills get bigger. and, and, and yeah, you, you just don't factor in. The rainy day was fine. So my accountant always said to me, as long as you have X amount in the account, you're fine. But what he'd obviously meant was X amount in the account and the other stuff around for the other things. Whereas I just went, oh, we've got more than X amount in the account. So when the tax bill came in, and then when this one client stopped, and then when I went, oh, so there's three or four clients where I've turned around to them and said, look, don't worry, delayed payment, it's fine. So it's like, okay, that's delayed payment. And it was like, oh, wow. And I... I think it just naturally and had some personal life stuff happen at the same time where it just very quickly was like, oh my God, we're in so much trouble. But then by sitting down and doing the cash flow forecasting, looking forwards, now starting to go, okay, each each week I go in, I go, right, here's what we're going to be making in four months, in five months. And now I can go, in five months, here's what we're going to be making. And we've got our accountants from Sober Rose who've done like an amazing chart for us where it takes the percentage off of what the cash flow is to show us what's taken aside for tax. And it's like, okay, we're good. And it was a very humbling experience. It was very good because... As I said to you guys at the beginning of, I'd been so focused on project nature of our work and we keep getting loads of projects in, so we're going to be fine because every time we get a big project, it just takes that money higher. And then we just had this break and then it was like, okay, now we need to start looking at, now when I book workshops, it's not just let's do one, it's okay, but are you going to want us for some future ones? 
Is it going to be more than one when you've got the next group come in? Okay, so now I'm talking to people about business in October and November so that I can start to go, okay, for these months, I know this is how much we'll have. And then we, we hired a couple of full-time uh, people as well as more junior. So there's that pressure as well. But, but also the lesson, James, of business people shouldn't be afraid to ask. So, you know, it's that thing you're doing one workshop, but what about, you know, this workshop or that workshop? And I think sort of we find this with a lot of our clients is they, they, they're afraid to ask as, you know, well, is there anything else I can help you with? And, uh, you know, it, it sounds very simple for us, but for a lot of business people, it's not so simple. So oh, no, but Simon, I'd say people only come to us once they're in the shit. So nobody well. comes with a good will, good good story, you know? It's always when everything is going horribly wrong. Please, can you? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. all right, you've got your pants down. Let, let's put them on. Yeah, yeah. Let's clear this up. Yeah, let's yeah, but, all pretend it's okay. But they've got okay. to think of you when yeah, it's going wrong. Yeah. There's but, a, when it's going wrong, they could think of other people. Yeah. But that's our business. But I'm talking about sort of the people that we sort of work with. You know, it's it's that whole thing of, you know, the pipeline is, is going to dry up at some point. So you have to have a plan to make sure the pipeline's, you know, full. Um, you know, you're going to get caught short. There's going to be a tax bill you hadn't kind of banked on or whatever it might be. So, um, but people people are afraid to just ask simple things like, oh, you know, is there anything more I can do for you? Yeah. It's something that I struggle with because I am so straight talking. I don't like being sold the game. to. Don't I don't like, yeah, I don't like being sold to. I don't like the game. It's like I had one, one company, I remember they messaged me on LinkedIn and it was like two sentences about what they could do. And it was amazing. I went, yep, sold. And I went, what? And I was like, yeah, just like, let's do it. Let's get on a call. Let's go. And I had another one a few weeks ago where they were showing me a, a, like a new social media tool. And I didn't mean to be harsh to him. Well, I wasn't harsh, but it was like... He was irritating though. Well, he was irritating, but not meaning to because he had me. Like, I think dad's got one that he uh, taught me, which was like, if someone goes to buy a car and you're like, oh, I'm really interested in the engine. They go, yeah, but let me show you the outside of the car. So I don't care about the outside of the car. I care about the engine. And this social listening tool or this social scheduling tool... I wanted to see one feature, and if that one feature is better than the one we were using, and I was going to swap. So he started showing me all this stuff, and I was like, man, I'm not being funny. Like, you've, like you don't need to. And I could tell he was going to be like, oh, but this is my whole presentation of practice. I said, no, no, you've got me. Like, don't worry about it. And I don't like that game of, like you said, of, it's not that I don't like to ask. It's that I don't like to ask because I don't like to feel like they think I'm playing a game or I'm not. And it's like, no, I'm just, I'm just saying there's no... And that was the nature of the pirate and the pickaroons is like, we don't need to hide behind costs. We don't need to hide behind these things. Like, just tell me now, do you want to work together? Yes or no? And now a quick word from our sponsor. Clark got its start back in 1935 And while the world has changed a bit It's more than just survived From complying with the FCA And all things financy They can also speak fluently In the language of legalese Ori Clark was born and raised Right here in the UK And now for 20 years They've been helping others Get set up and on their way Ori Clark's door's always open and happy to provide straight talking financial and legal advice since 1935. Big shout out to Sean Veer Singh for a stellar jingle. You can find him at Sean Veer Singh Music on Instagram. And at this point, let me quickly remind you to give us a nice review, please, on Apple Podcast or follow us on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Now back to the chat. So what do you find most uncomfortable about your business? I think we kind of touched on it a bit then of the new business side of things. 
I'm not a natural salesperson, even though I am when it comes to ideas. I could sell you on the best ideas because I believe in them myself and I believe the need for them. But I think with when it comes to being a salesperson for the business, I struggle because I struggle to play the game of sales a bit. It's like, look, do you, I want to see, do you believe in what we want to achieve? I think so few, I think lots of people struggle with sales and don't particularly enjoy. And I think the British culture, we're quite, you know, I think Aussies, I'm I'm pointing at, you're you're very, you know. We're happy to talk to anyone. (laughs) But I think, I I feel from my experience of, I've got lots of friends and, I think Aussies are a lot more open with it and Aussies and Americans are very accepting and very good at here's my product. Americans get so hyped. They get so hyped on everything. They love it. And it's great. But it's, yeah, it's it's that cynicism. It's just that there's no catch. Like you don't need to try and, the question is something to be no, trying to I catch me out. I just think ours or... is all about relationships in the UK. I think you've got to get to know each other. I don't, know if, I don't know if I like that as well. And I've recently kind of got over it a bit. Of like, actually, I've got a lot of good relationships with people. And they might just speak to me just because they like me. And I wanted to Ultimately, always make sure that they will end there. up buying from you. You know that. Because we end up buying out of guilt because they're like, oh, fuck, this but, person's Yeah. <laughs> but that was something I felt a bit good. I was like, I don't want to play that card. I want to be, I want our quality of our products to be that good. And I feel like now I've got to the point where I'm more comfortable with, okay, they'll open the door for me because they like me, but then they'll buy from me because they're impressed with what we can do. But I don't want to have a hundred meetings but in a si- day. But, but the sales go. cycle is long here in the UK. So I do think you got to be in there knowing and then it will come good in there. Yeah, and I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm making sure to say to you, look, just let me know now. Like, I'll get in contact with you. But yeah, it's when people aren't sure and they'll drag it out and drag it out. And But I also think what's interesting selling in the creative sector is that you can show someone a piece of your work and they go, wow, that's amazing. And, and people will make a decision. Some people will make a decision based on that. But actually, in reality, what you want to be saying as well, wow, that's amazing, but what results to deliver? And sort of unless you marry those two up, then, you know, you'll kind of eventually, if you're just producing amazing stuff that doesn't deliver, you'll get found out. Maybe that's kind of part of the issue. Is Definitely, and I think that's part of the thing as well of struggling with the size of the clients and the budgets or the fact they're rolling out. So we've made amazing videos, but sometimes the client hasn't even posted it on their website. So how can I then prove there is an uplift in sales if they haven't done that? And that's the whole, okay, we made it for them, but we then aren't paid to run it for them and upload it. So how do I then prove that? And there's another side that I believe with content of, so much of content is subconscious. You don't, as you said there, with the sales cycle of someone is not going to go, oh, do you know what? I bought from you because I saw that great social media post you put out four weeks ago. But that great social media post maybe made you top of mind. So when three weeks later someone in their business said something. Like I said, from doing this podcast and people like to learn in different ways. You've got podcast, you've got blog, you've got video. Like I think it's something like seven touch points, we call them. It takes of content before someone will buy from you. It's not just, oh, I watched that one video and I'm going to buy from you. It's, yeah, I saw your website. I saw a post on social media. One of my friends worked with you and I saw a review from it's them. It's always been that way. And though, it's so like... difficult to prove that with the content mindset of the value of, content on the subcon. I mean, so I'm, I'm 31. I kind of view it as the people I'm speaking with now, they might not, or the, the con- people who see my content and like it now, they might not be a client right now. But in five years, I mean, I, right now, actually, some of the conversations I'm having with people, they are directors at agencies and they were account managers when I used to work in agencies. But they're just friends and people I got on with because they saw my presentations back then. They have faith in me now when I turn up and it's these 
I believe content, so many people think, oh, if I put some social media posts out, or oh, if you have put this podcast out, I'm going to get results straight away. Whereas I think if people took more of a long-term view of content, so if I, now that being on this podcast, you said to me it's 100 plus episodes you've done, so I can now go, there's a lot of content for me to go back and listen to and to get to know you more and more and like you more and more, which then means when I turn up to do business with you, I've got an idea of who you are, who your values are, what you do. And it really moves people down that sales cycle. But it's appreciating that takes time. But also too, I think what's really interesting, James, is in talking about age, I mean, in, in days past, you know, you really had, you had TV, you had radio, you had print. They, they were kind of, and you know, a bit of personal interaction. So kind of four kind of different touch points. Most people didn't have budgets to do kind of print or TV or, you know, the, the multinationals did. You're now talking about at least seven different touch points. So sort of, you know, the whole kind of there's fragmentation, yeah. but it's become even more complex. But um, it makes the whole sort of where do I spend my money as a company if I'm looking to get a result even more complicated now than it ever used to be. Oh, yeah, so complicated. And that goes back to what I said before of what I'm very comfortable for us that I'm going to say, look, we can do it all, but tell me what, what do you need? What's your budget? I'll tell you how to spend it best with what you currently need. Whereas if I was just a video production agency, oh, yeah, you need to make video. Or if I was had the overheads of, oh, I've got to pay a copywriter, yeah, you need to do some copywriting. And I think that's where too many agencies, not out of any nasty reason, just out of the nature of the business, they try and force certain work instead of actually saying to a client, what do you need? We, we've got someone that can make that. And it's understanding I work with some clients and we do phased approaches. So we say, look, the dream for you would be to do a podcast. But right now you're not at that level to be able to fully commit to that and do it at the level that you guys are doing. You guys are doing great with the podcast. Like I said, when I came in here, like the production value, but others will go, oh, we need to do a podcast and we need to do a blog, and we need to do this. So their podcast is going to be recorded into a phone. Their blog is going to be someone writing a post. They've only got one hour a week and quickly squeezing out. It's about committing to certain types of content, really seeing a success with that, and off the back of the success of that, choosing other content types are starting to grow in that way instead of trying to do everything. Oh, I need to do everything. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people with social media and content go, I can't do everything, so I'm going to do nothing. Instead of, look, let's just get started. Let's commit to podcasts. Let's go all out. Let's see where we go. Look, I think it's totally true. I, and But what I find fascinating on business is the, is the fact that everybody thinks it's really easy to start a business, that sales are going to come in the door. You know, I've, now I've said before, when we opened here on the law side, it was like, you know, open the door. Where are the clients? Hello, everybody. Nobody freaking walked in. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And then, you know, some of our biggest and best clients we've met randomly in streets and through different people. You know, there's no, you can juggle, but you've got to do a bit of everything and manage your cash flow at the same time. So what are you most excited about for your business? I mean, it's such a cheesy saying to say it, but it's like the kind of the future because we really are, when I say we are just getting started, I mean that in the way of because of the humbling experience recently with the cash flow stuff. It's really taught me, okay, we did that well for two or three years without me having a, what I'd call a proper serious business planning brain. We've now got all of our interesting, because I used to, if someone had a cool project, I was like, I'm going to figure out how I can do this and make 50 quid off it. I was like, I'm going to figure out how we can do this. We've done those now. So we still get the interesting projects come in, but I'm far less likely to go, I'm going to do this for no money anymore. 
So I think really for me, it's just seeing, I think, and I'm sure it's the same for you, of the journey of business, the up and downs. I feel like we've been in a bit of a down period. So like, okay, let's see where we can go now. We've got this knowledge, we've got these learnings. New pants, fresh idea. <laughs> exactly, new Picaroon's pants. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited just to see where it can go. Because again, what I said, the nature of Picaroon's is very low overheads. We don't We have a couple of full-time staff, but... Not we can't fail, because obviously you can fail, but it's a bit of, okay, we did that well without this planning. So now with this planning, with this You're team rock around, it. like- You're off into yeah, space. Where, where could we go? So I'm just really excited to see where it goes and to see, I'm enjoying, even though I still do find the sales conversations hard, I'm enjoying the conversations Why, now because I've got the confidence. You're an amazing salesperson. Oh, I'd thanks, buy, very kind I'd of buy. you. I think you underestimated. Here, <laughs> <laughs> what with that tip of the yeah, tongue yeah. title? But, yeah. uh, are there 104 things in it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not a lie. Did you start with 104? <laughs> I get asked this a lot. So now I started, I made a guide. You know, like the body coach, um, like his guides he used to do for fitness. Yeah. So I made a guide like that, but for social media where you could write your own plan, you could do your audience analysis, all this stuff. Tested it out on 10 people, and I think on all 10 of them, it didn't work. They just went, it's too confusing, I don't understand this. So then I sat in the pub one night with a friend who tested it on, and we were going through it, and he said, oh no, but that bit in the middle with all those just ideas, that's really, I can just do those right now. And I think at the time, it was 116 and then I went through it and I really just... Fine-tuned it to 104. Fine-tuned it to 104. And <laughs> uh, there's a lady called Ruth that sometimes works for me and used to mentor me. She's a genius. And I don't know how she did it still. Knocked she off read, a few. She read through and she was going... She's like the smartest person I've ever met. And we're actually producing a book for her. Like she's the smartest. Yeah, she's amazing. And she was going through it and she was like, well, number 58. She went, right, 58, that's the same as number 24. I was like, how can you remember that? You just read 24, 10 minutes. How do you remember that? So she helped strip it back. But the thing was always, it could never be a round number because a previous agency that I'd worked with, they um, who were the one that said I couldn't sell my book while I worked there, so I left. Um, they always used to make me do things when it was like, oh, if I came up with nine ideas or nine insights, like, oh, can you make it 10? I was like, well, I've got nine. It was, oh, can you make it five? It's more of a round number. So it was a bit of a like... To them, 104. I was like, it's got to be an odd number. And actually, after doing it, I found out that if you have numbers that aren't just 10, 20, it's more memorable. But that wasn't the reason at the time. It was just, uh, look, I'm not doing this. Um, I want this to be a bit of a random number. And yeah, it just turned out that's memorable. My friends hate me for it because if ever there's anything with a number 104, I obviously go straight into referencing my book. <laughs> And the same with anything vaguely blue. I just anything vaguely blue. What's I just what's the blue. blue? No, actually, that's Pickering's blue. Oh, okay. So Pickering's has a, a certain hue of blue, like any brand color. What kind of blue is it? Uh, it's a light blue, but it's um, I'm about to say the hex code off by heart. But I don't no, quite six six four a f a one hundred four. Yeah, one hundred four. Surprisingly, <laughs> but yeah, my mum and my sister hate me for it. Wherever they. If any, any friends has even a slight blue, like I could turn around and say that's Pickering's blue, and I just walk in a room and say that's Pickering's blue. And there's a reason why I chose the blue color because then again, it's memorable. But yeah, I do annoy people with how often I say, oh, you're wearing Pickering's blue. They go, I'm just wearing blue. So what is the one thing about this world that you would like to change in the future? Uh, homelessness. I just think it shouldn't be a thing. And I think I've worked with some organizations in that space who are amazing. They're doing amazing work. Um, and yeah, in the future, kind of that's something I'd like Pickering's to definitely be part of. I just think, yeah, I just don't think it should be a thing. And you see the the passion of the people involved in it. 
uh, the businesses they're doing. There's some really amazing organizations kind of stopping that. Yeah, it's just, I don't think it should be a thing really. Is it on the rise? You know, I wouldn't profess to know the statistics of that. I just know that it shouldn't be for yeah. anyone. I don't know if it's 100, if it's 200 people in the whole country, I think it's still 100, 200, too many. It just shouldn't be, yeah, shouldn't be a thing. I agree. James, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given by your dad or otherwise? Yeah, I think by my dad was, uh, he's got a good saying, which is enjoy the BMW on the way to the Ferrari, which is just about- Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's just enjoy it. And I think that's the, like I said, with the kind of, the tougher times, it's enjoying them and going, actually, these are going to be the times that in the future I'm going to look back on and think, I wish I had those stresses. I, I'll upset a lot of people. I just have no interest in Ferraris at all. I mean, I, you know, my I height- mean, the car's gone, yeah, I have no interest in cars. Yeah, yeah. But I like the analogy. Yeah. But I just like that idea of just, yeah, actually, uh, I don't you know the hedonic treadmill. So it's all about once you get one thing, you want the next thing. So now I've got, when we got signed by Facebook, it's, oh, now I want a bigger client. Well, you seem to have gone through all the brands. Oh, there's a few missing. Oh, wait, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. I, want I want more. Where's that thing of I want more, I suppose? Yeah. If like once you get one thing, you want more. And it's like actually being happy with where we're at. And yeah, I do want the business to grow, but I want it to grow in a way that the quality of life doesn't change. So what are your top three reads? Pods, records, into music? What are you recommending? What should we be listening? Yeah, I think uh, reads. So I mentioned it earlier, Be More Pirate. That's a very important book for me. Um, I think for a lot of people I've sent it to has really changed their mind and their mindset about how they work and what they want to achieve. Then I'm going to kind of stick on the book route because I feel like I went the record route or something. It could take me a bit too long to try and think them up. And I used to be a very big reader. I used to love reading. Um, there's another one called Oversubscribed. Very, very important book for me. Um, it was all about the concept of having your business be oversubscribed, having more people wanting to do business with you than you're doing business with, which allows you to work with who you want to work with at a good price. Um, I really, really enjoyed that book and it really changed my mindset. And then there's one by a designer called Aaron Drapling called Pretty Much Everything. And he's this amazing designer who, I think he did a bit of snowboarding as well. And just his mindset was just kind of the same as mine. He really inspired me that actually you can enjoy your work. And I think he did, uh, and it, where I spoke earlier about Picaroons and the way we can scale up and down, I think he drew a logo for a friend's hot dog stand on the back of a napkin. And the deal was I get free hot dogs at your hot dog stand. And the friend's hot dog stand ended up going all around the US, which meant wherever he went, he got free hot dogs. And then he's also done logos for NASA, which paid off his house. And he really, where I spoke about those interesting projects and enjoying work, he's done projects for no money, but he's enjoyed them and it's helped someone out, but it hasn't been a hassle to him. And he's worked with big brands too. And he's had a smile on his face. He's made products he likes. and He's got a lifetime supply of hot dogs. And he's got eh? a lifetime supply of hot dogs. And that really inspired me of, he traveled and kind of been a bit of a snow bum. And it inspired me of like, actually, yeah, I can keep this kind of surfer mindset, but still work with big brands. And he made uh, this, I can't remember what they're called, the notebooks. There's these really amazing notebooks that people could use and he's made hats with his brand on and he's enjoyed the process of creating and he goes to car boot sales and finds all these things. And yeah, he really inspired me that even as it grows and as I grow Picaroons, I don't ever want to be one of those creatives that isn't creating anymore. So he really inspired me to keep that going, but you understand that you've got to do 
the business and the cash flow. Well, you got to earn too. the money too. Like my dad taught, I, I wanted to change the world. So I was helping all the murder. I was helping everybody that was in trouble that yeah. couldn't pay me, basically. And then you work out, my God, I need to earn money and earn enough. And then, you know, father taught me earn enough and then help the people you want to help. Yeah. That if you've got enough money to pay the wages, fine, then do that fantastic project on the side. But yeah, and that, that, that that's a really inspires me, that mindset. And that's a good. I think a lot of people, they say, oh, work's just something you turn up to, but it can be something that inspires you, that you enjoy, you feel like you're making a difference. Okay, so that brings us to our favourite part of the show. Da, 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 da. I'm making up my own music, Nandy. As opposed to asking Dee to keep music. Business versus bullshit quick fire round. Ding, Dee, cue the music. This is where we reel off a list of key terms and all you have to do, James, is tell us whether you think it's business or bullshit. We are doing a full survey by the end of this, okay? And there's quite a lot of pressure. Are you ready? I'm ready, I think. Well done. Number one, James, diversity quotas. Business or bullshit, James? That's a tough one. Oh, we got, immediately comes to mind. Don't worry, there's a woman in a room. Business. Oh, no, James, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can just do that in a one word. <laughs> Stand-up meetings. Bullshit. Caffeine. Bullshit. Agendas. Bullshit. Hour-long meetings. Bullshit. Okay, we're getting bit, we're, we're, we're better friends now, James. Keep going. Office dogs. Biz, like, more than business, play everything. Do it. Have you always. got one? No, no, I don't know. I don't, I'm always on the move. It wouldn't be fair to the dog. <laughs> uh, but you're planning to get one. I'd love a dog one day, yeah. Uh, carbon credits. What's that? Um, if you don't know... To- <laughs> so I don't know. That's bullshit. That, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. bullshit. Uh, swearing in meetings, speaking of. <laughs> swearing in meetings. Yeah. Business or bullshit? Business. Well done. Pub lunches. Business. Well done. B Corps. Very business. We're going after all the B Corps and they're great. And it's a great, great thing. NDAs. It's a tough one with bullshit, but it's like bullshit. Right answer, says, says the lawyer. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one, NDAs. Uh, unlimited holidays. Bullshit. That business. <laughs> I think most businesses that say it is bullshit because I can't wait for them all now they're doing it to go... Hold on, you took 50 days and that person who took 20, so they're getting a promotion. Yeah, yeah, bullshit. That's crazy. LinkedIn. (laughs) Bullshit, but business. Business has become bullshit. (laughs) And then finally, formal work clothes, James. Formal, what's formal work clothes? Like having a dress attire? Yeah. Yeah, yeah bullshit. <laughs> 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 I'm emails in my wetsuit. <laughs> Excellent. So that is the end of our quick fire round. Okay. Okay. So, James, this is where we give you 30 seconds to pitch your company, podcast, book, 104. Whatever you like, off you go. Um, I think 30 second pitch would just be if anyone listening needs any creative support, whether that's animation, videography, video editing, copywriting, graphic design, social media content. I've got the creatives in my Picaroons crew and really no matter what the budget, as long as there is some, we'd love to chat to you and we'd love just to see how we can support you creatively. 
Um, and yeah, that's, I think, my maybe under 30-second pitch. And by my book, 104 Social Media Content Ideas to Increase Sales. I can't believe you said that in one breath. I'm really bloody impressed <laughs> I've said that. it many times. Great stuff, James. So if our listeners want to find out more about you online, what's the best way for them to do that? I think my LinkedIn, uh, James Berg, or on my new website, which is jamesberg.net. They're probably the best places to go, I think. Very good, very good. Well, thank you, James. So there you have it. That was this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit. Thank you to James for joining us. Thank you to my co-host, Simon. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you, James. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been great fun. A big thank you to you, dear listeners. And we'll be back with BWB Extra on Thursday. Until next time, it's cheerio. Cheerio.